welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? I'm good, good, good to be here. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, indeed. Yeah, today is Wednesday. December 13th and yeah Christmas is is not far off Mm-mm. even closer is Star Wars <laughs> episode 8 maybe more importantly uh-huh. <laughs> right we could talk about anticipation for Star Wars uh, later yeah yeah exactly yeah uh, but uh, the focus we wanted to have today is the year 2017 and uh, all the great things and all the not so great things it brought Uh, We're going to do a little year in review. So I thought we'd cover comics, TV shows, and movies. Talk a little bit about what was best and what was worst. Um, So yeah, why don't we just dive in. I think um, we did have an episode earlier this year where we kind of just recapped a lot of the, the comic book movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was fun, uh, but we probably don't want to go into every single one. So why don't we just sort of try as best we can to to stick to kind of best and worst. worst. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's start with comics. So comic books. Uh, what do you think, uh, Porfirio? What, what did you like this year? Um, let's see. Some of my favorite storylines this year were like Secret Empire, Man-Thing by Arlstein. Okay. But my favorite one that I read this year was the new America Chavez. Okay. Yep. That's Marvel, right? Yeah, that's Marvel. Um, Basically, for anyone who doesn't know who she is, she's just a Mexican Latina version of Superman. Like, she can fly. Okay. um, Has superhuman strength. um, And I guess, like, the reason I think I liked her, it was fun reading her comics, was just because there's, like, no representation for like latino characters in comic books and i think like just seeing reading it i think i was able to connect a lot with the character Mm -hmm. and you know i think we mentioned this like in the previous podcast it's not enough for just like hollywood or big companies to like make a storyline based on diversity just because but also to have a good storyline that's a Mm -hmm. different story yeah and that's what I think the comic had. It had a good storyline and still good representation. That's cool. Yeah, so important that not only do uh, diverse voices get their voice out there, but to have it be good too. You yeah. know, we want it. We want good content. You know, so that that's good to hear that that was your that was your favorite. Yeah, yeah? that was my favorite one. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, okay, on my end of things, you know, I was, uh, I was struggling a bit, but I think I have a pretty clear-cut winner for me, and this, is, this one is kind of an obscure comic, so it's this series from a publisher named Fantagraphics, and it's a line of comics called All Time Comics, and it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's kind of an homage to... Bronze Age Marvel Comics. So Marvel Comics in the 70s, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino, 
like he loves to do uh, movies that are kind of homaging grindhouse movies from Mm -hmm. you know you know like the 70s primarily Um, it kind of reminded me of of that because it's it's like it's not a parody it's not a parody of of bronze age bronze age marvel Um, more so it's it's like an homage it's it's like it's like a love letter to yeah. these these old comics and um so there're a lot of like off the wall superheroes um atlas uh bullwhip crime destroyer blind justice um and it is it was it was a lot of fun it was kind of wink wink and um yeah it 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 really called back that era of comics, which really is kind of my favorite era. It, it, I like these uh, all-time comics so much, it did make me kind of revisit uh-huh. these old-school Marvel comics, in particular, Power Man and Iron Fist uh, of that era, like 70s Power Man and Iron Fist. And it's they're, they're pretty goofy, but just so much fun. They and are, yeah. yeah, and the artwork is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to highlight uh, this series, all-time comics. Highly, highly recommend. It's, uh, it, it is, like, like I said, an homage, but it does have some fun with, with that uh, era of comics, too. So, yeah. That's cool. Cool, cool. A- anything um, stand out as comics you didn't like mm, this year? I didn't like. Yeah. Um, not so much. I don't think I've been disappointed by any comics that I read. I mean, all the ones I've read, they've been good. Um, do you have any in mind? Not really. I, I think I've kind of been fortunate too that I didn't, you know, read any real stinkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there was one comic that that I wasn't a huge fan of. Now, granted, I only read issue one. I read one issue, and, you know, I, I'd hate to think that one issue of a comic could make or break, like, enti- its entire series. Yeah. Um, but I, it was the uh, the new Elektra comic. Um, I oh, read, yeah, uh-huh. I read issue one, and I didn't like it. Yeah. I wanted to get into that just because of the whole, you know how, like, Elektra was, like, the main villain, the Defenders? Yeah, yeah. And then I... I was thinking of, like, what kind of Electra series I should get into, and I figured, like, the new one might be good, but yeah, if you think it's not good, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Well, again, it was just it's just issue one uh-huh. that I didn't like, but my entry point was kind of what you just described. Uh-huh. Like, with the um, Marvel Netflix shows, I was sort of, like, getting psyched up for Defenders, and I was kind of, like, looking for Defenders content out there so i read the defenders comic i read the iron fist comic and and yeah i did kind of sample this electra comic but it was weird like this electra and uh, once again issue one just issue one uh i kind of felt that maybe they were going for like like a like a teenage girl or millennial girl target audience with it uh-huh. it seemed a little like watered down you know like Electra. she's a badass she's she's an assassin <laughs> you know like she's a killer and it just seemed a little light and fluffy and it's like it didn't really work for me uh so yeah i, I have to say that that wasn't uh one of my top picks <laughs> to say the least 
Um, one other thing I do want to mention in terms of some something kind of disappointing. So this year was the big rollout <clears throat> rollout for Marvel on what they called Marvel Legacy. Oh, I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, that's the one where like the old Marvel character teams up with. Oh no, wait, no, that's Generations. <laughs> yeah, not. see, 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 your confusion is my confusion because yeah. I, I don't even. I'm not sure what this is either <laughs> like it's not it's not like a big event it's not civil war civil war 2 or avengers versus x-men um i think there was this thing like called event fatigue and they, they just didn't want to have a big crossover event series like they've done in the past mm-hmm. um so they did this this thing called marvel legacy but yeah I, i'm not sure what it is like um, I did read the Marvel Legacy issue, which was confusing. And then I know that there are like all these variant covers for Marvel yeah. Legacy, and they're they're like they're kind of gimmicky. They're like these lenticular covers that like that have two different images. Yeah, have you seen those? Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it's all about. I know it's supposed to sort of honor past content and tie it in with like the current incarnations of titles um and they did like this whole renumbering of of a lot of comics but it's it's kind of confusing it's all over the place it's a little all over the place um you know that said you know the i think what i've read you know i guess with the exception of electra uh i i do like Mm-hmm. The Marvel stuff I've been reading, like I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying Iron Fist, and in particular, I've been enjoying the Defenders series. Have you read any, any of those? One? Yeah, the the latest Defenders. No, I haven't read. Yeah, it. I, I really like those a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're through seven issues, and they just um, released the trade paperback for the first five. So the collected issues mm-hmm. one through five in a trade. Um, it's all great. It's. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, he's the writer, and this artist who I've never heard before, Marquez, he's phenomenal. It's really, his stuff really stands out, and uh, yeah, really cool um, writing and artwork mm-hmm. on this series, definitely. Oh, okay, wait, so going back, I did think of a comic series that I didn't really <laughs> get into. Okay. It was the, um, not the Venomverse comic series, but okay. in the Into the Venomverse. Okay. Okay. It was it's like uh, basically comics that talk about like how the symbiote um, combines itself with like different Marvel characters like X twenty three, Ghost Rider, Old Man Logan, okay, Gwenpool, and I thought it was like oh that's cool like seeing the different like symbiotes of that character I thought that'd be cool yeah but I like you I read just the first issue which it's the symbiote attaching stuff to x23 mm-hmm. and the artwork looks cool but the storyline it was just it felt flat for me yeah. and i don't know like after that i didn't really want to get back into the venom verse like the spider verse was amazing storyline mm-hmm. but venom verse i was i was iffy so i'm just gonna i guess wait until it comes out for like a trade or something okay. or but like you, um, after one issue, I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, hey, our our time is precious. So right. <laughs> if if uh, one issue doesn't do the trick, you know, sometimes we just got to say sorry, right? Yeah. Pass. 
Uh, one last thing on uh, Marvel Legacy. Um, those lenticular covers. Uh, you, know, I, you know, some of them are pretty cool, no doubt, but it really is pretty gimmicky. And I have to say, there was one cover in particular I really liked. I actually bought this comic. It was uh, Jessica Jones, issue 13. It was Marvel Legacy, lenticular cover. And I got it because I really loved the two covers that were featured, you know. But, you know, the annoying part is I kind of would prefer that it was just like I would buy two of the same issue just to have those two covers. covers. But instead, uh-huh. it's just this one that I can't really see that well, you know. <laughs> so I, I could do without the lenticular covers, yeah. to be honest. It's very gimmicky. And even in the case where I really liked the artwork of both covers, it still didn't work for me because you can't see either one all that clearly. I see. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, the, 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 the two covers are really cool. It's Jessica Jones and uh, the rest of the Defenders. So it's like Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage versus uh, the Purple Man, you know, Kilgrave. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it's really close to this cover that was featured on a Spider-Man team-up like decades ago you know and it's like it's spider-man and moon knight and iron fist luke cage and daredevil it's really it's really close you know the team up is really close and they're matched up against purple man so mm-hmm. um really cool and the artwork is is similar you know when when i'm alternating between the two lenticular covers it's it's very it's just a slight difference you uh-huh. know so I, I just really wished that i could see the covers you know, in a normal <laughs> sitting, you know. <laughs> so anyhow, that's all I had to say there. I think overall, um, 2017 was a good year for comics. One other uh, title I wanted to call out is the Image comic, Kill or Be Killed. This is an ongoing series. I'm, I'm pretty sure it started well before 2017, but it has... Uh, stayed strong, you know, one of my favorite comics. Ed Brubaker, who mm-hmm. is my favorite comics writer, is uh, really holding it down. This is this is a great read, and I highly recommend it. Okay. All right. Okay, so I think we can move on, yeah? Moving on. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to TV shows. Uh, what was your t- favorite TV show of 2017, Perferio? My favorite one was probably... Agents of Shield, the okay, the last season, okay, um, just because it was both an interesting storyline. What it was is um, basically the characters of Shield. They go, they get kind of kidnapped by this robot, um, and their minds go into this framework where reality is different. Like Hydra is actually in charge, and if you do any like shields like a bad guy and it's funny because you know their minds are in this framework and they have like all these memories of living in that and they don't have like any memories outside the framework okay so you have like some of the shield characters who are like hydra officers and all that Mm -hmm. but not only was an amazing storyline but what i liked about it was like marvel was like really hinting like really comparing like hydra to like trump's administration okay it was saying stuff like 
let's make Hydra great again. Okay. And um, this is all fake news, fake media, yeah. and alternative facts are <laughs> better. Like, it was giving, like, the smallest sense, but it was, like, it, the fact that it was just comparing Hydra to Trump's administration was just, like, I thought it was really funny and awesome. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with that show, but I, I've continued to hear good things. So, yeah, I might need to jump back in there. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? Anything else uh, jump out at you? Uh, I, I know you're a Game of Thrones fan. What did you think about uh, this year, this season? This season of Game of Thrones, it was... It was good. I I think I had my expectations a lot higher oh, than wow. I did. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Just because, like, the season finale of the season before, it was just, like, so epic. Like, you had Khaleesi coming in with her dragons and all her boats. And then, like, in the very first episode, she, like, half her crew gets, like, destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, really? Like... Yeah. Um, but... I, I guess, yeah, like I said, I think I had two high expectations. I thought, like, Cersei and Khaleesi would start the war. Okay. And for it to, like, get dragged on until next season, I was like, no, I have to wait <laughs> again. Um, the White Walkers and Dragon scene was really awesome seeing yeah. that. Yeah, Um Oh, and just, uh, what's his name? The Lannister, um, Tyrion, Tyrion Lannister's brother. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. How his impression of like when the dragon comes out and such attacking, it was that was really funny and the visual effects were just amazing. Yeah, yeah. This year, I, I definitely put it on kind of an honorable mention category. Uh-huh. Like, um, uh, yeah, this year it, it's it's interesting because this year in Game of Thrones it was it was pretty entertaining, but it's it, it's kind of a different show than it used to be. Oh, yeah. It used to be kind of a slow-paced, slow-burn sort of thing. And this season was like, it was like on crack. <laughs> it was like everything happened so quickly, you know, yeah. which was, like I said, very entertaining. Um, I think, like, logic-wise, there are a lot of issues, you know? <laughs> like, a lot of stuff didn't make sense. Like, the timeline didn't oh, yeah, quite I, fit, I right? I heard a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, like, how, like, a raven, how can they send a raven, like, so fast and someone get the message? Yeah, know? yeah. And, like, just, I, I mean, this has been spoken about ad nauseum, but how did Daenerys get herself and her dragons north of the wall, like, that quickly yeah. to save Jon Snow and the rest of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, it just, that really didn't make much sense at all. You know, that said, you know, I think they kind of threw logic and all that stuff out the yeah. window and just kind of went for the thrills, and I think a lot of fans enjoyed that. Are, are you shipping um, Jon Snow and Khaleesi's relationship? or? <laughs> well, I mean, that's... I mean, it's happening, right? I mean, it's in progress. Um, I mean, it, I don't it, know. It's it's awkward how some fans are like shipping it, and it's just like their family. That's so. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That is so weird. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it is weird. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's it's the world of Game of Thrones. It's, <laughs> it's not our world. It's a world where you know Jamie and Cersei are together and. <laughs> know weird stuff happens I right? guess. <laughs> yeah okay so okay on my side uh 
Uh, so my favorite TV show is The Punisher. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We talked about this. Yeah. I, I know you weren't as big a fan as me, but um, in terms of just a completely uncompromised vision, like, it's just, this was such a home run. You know, it, it was, it didn't pull any punches. Mm-hmm. You know, it was super violent. And it dealt with some very serious subject matter, you know? It didn't shy away. Like, I think a lot of of um, other stuff that came out this year, in particular, the Justice League movie. Um, like, the Justice League movie was like, there were so many compromises, you know? Like, um, you could feel all the studio pressure and yeah. like, like, there were a lot of people who like the Warner Brothers executives who were like, no, no, wait, it's got to be funnier. Like, make this change, make that change. And, um, you know, you could really feel like the film suffering from just like too many people having a say, you know. Um, And then with Punisher, it was like there was, it was exactly what it wanted to be, you know, like, like it was so extreme that it's like there's no way that, um, you know, it, it, it was it was completely removed from any any pressure like that, yeah. you know, um, and to like a mainstream viewership, like you know, the, it, it's it's really out there. It's, it's it's extreme and it's not the type of show that can have sort of like a mainstream audience. Uh-huh. And I love, I love the fact that it, it did that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny how the last time I was on this podcast, I said how the Punisher wasn't, I didn't feel like it was violent enough. Yeah. That, Cause I didn't finish the series. Right. And after I finished, I like messaged you saying like, okay, yes, <laughs> I see your point now. <laughs> yeah. I, I so wanted to tell you like all the the specifics but mm-hmm. i didn't want to spoil mm-hmm. you right but yeah basically you had what the last two episodes i had like three more episodes, three episodes and yeah and, <laughs> and those three episodes made a difference yeah they they were super violent and like in a great way i think man mm-hmm. there, there was an amazing shootout at uh, micro's hideout right mm-hmm. and then the showdown um with uh with i guess jigsaw essentially right Uh, at the end was uh was awesome too so um yeah punisher great great show very satisfying in a lot of ways and you know like when when i watched it i did binge it uh the the opening weekend you know and it's not it's not like a happy feel good kind of show so when i'm saying this is the best show the year i'm saying i'm not saying go see this uh, with your family uh, Christmas Eve or something, you know, it's just it's just great television, you know, uncompromised great television. Uh-huh. It's funny because I thought you you were gonna say Iron Fist was your <laughs> your top favorite. I mean, it, it's up there. It's yeah. up there. Like, um, you know, I, I have to say I'm in love with Marvel Netflix. You know, this year was great. You know, Iron Fist, Defenders, and Punisher. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because, like. I really enjoyed Iron, F- Iron uh-huh. Fist a lot, <laughs> and I know it is not well regarded. It's a little bit like a guilty pleasure, and I'm a little bit ashamed that I like it. So I didn't want to like say, "Oh, that's my top pick." Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's like uh, I would say it's my top uh, guilty pleasure pick. Why, yeah. why don't we say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to call out another sort of honorary mention, Preacher. 
Preacher season two was this year, and it was as good or not, or, or if not better than season one from I've, last I've, year. I've never seen Preacher. Great show, great show. I've heard good things about it. But it's really good. Uh-huh. You know, it's um, you know, uh, it's it's weird to compare it, but I I I I think of it kind of in the along the lines of of Thor Ragnarok. It's, it's just completely off the wall. It's comedic, completely off the wall, and like, um, just weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. The worst TV show I saw for the year, worse than Iron Fist, I think, has been this season of Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. That's amazing because that's my pick too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were hating on it too. Okay, I've, I I'd love to hear your opinion on this. It's just, it's too slow. It's just like, you guys could have ended this the very first episode. Like, there's just so many, like, things that, small details that could have been avoided. Like, the finale, Rick had Negan's bat and could have ended it there instead of, like, and it's just, I don't know, it's really frustrating. Um, It's not how it used to be. I think the only reason I'm sticking with Walking Dead is because I been watching it for years and we just kind of want to see where it goes <laughs> but it's just been yeah. super slow and the mid-season finale had kind of just nailed the coffin for me saying like walking dead it's long gone it's and it's gonna be hard to recover from this yeah disaster wow okay i i'm really uh, i'm like shocked right now because i have the exact same <laughs> take as you like um a lot of almost everything you just said, I like 100% agree with. Like, um, I'm like kind of close to like, you know, ending my relationship <laughs> with yeah. Walking Dead, also, but kind of for the same reason you mentioned. Um, I've been watching it for so long and and loved it for a long time that I kind of want to just keep watching it yeah, for that reason. Just, it's like an old habit. Like, yeah. just watching it just because. You you want to see what happens, but it's yeah. a guilty pleasure, I guess. I don't know. Like, okay, so man, it's I'm I'm still a little like stunned because <laughs> like y- your words are like exactly my thoughts. Like this, we we just saw the the mid season finale, right? We're, this this wasn't even a full season. So this is season eight, right? Season eight, and um, so we've only seen half of the season. But you know, we're talking about a year end thing and. Um, we saw a full half season and okay, let's slow down a bit. Like the, (laughs) the mid season finale. Okay. Like, yeah, there was a moment when Rick and Negan fight. So there, yeah. And Rick had Lucille Uh for a moment. Right. And then, and he also had his gun in a couple of instances. Uh It seemed like he could have killed Negan, like, he had the opportunity to kill Negan a couple times, right? Yeah, he has, yeah. And it didn't happen. So, like that was that was that fight was just kind of a microcosm of the whole first half of this season. Like it just didn't make any sense. Like there there were these huge swings like where like the saviors seemed like seemed like okay, they were invincible and then Rick's group seemed like they're invincible and then it swung back, you know, like uh, it didn't. 
I didn't understand it. There, yeah, you there know? was way too much like transfer of power too fast. It, yeah, it didn't feel like balance at all. Like, oh, who's gonna? What's gonna happen next? Like, yeah. Oh, they gotta win. They gotta win. It was more like, okay, this is how it is. It's one sided for a long time, and then switch <laughs> switch powers. Now it's one sided again. Like, and then like the junkyard people like. They're just so annoying. It's like, why add them <laughs> into this series? Like, yeah, they got no point in being here. I, I, there's just so much. I'm just like over it already. Yeah, yeah. So that that swing of power. I, I'm thinking again that mid season finale that just aired, and so the most of the season, like Rick and company. So we're talking about the hilltop, the kingdom, and Alexandria they seemed to be like on the rise, right? Mm -hmm. They were sort of, they were taking out these outposts and just positioning themselves to to win this war, right? Mm -hmm. And then in this mid-season finale, all of a sudden, like, I'm not sure what Eugene did, but apparently Eugene did something to get them out, to get the saviors out of that predicament at the sanctuary, right? So, okay, I'm not, I don't know what that was, but I'll, you know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, he probably came up with a, with a, smart, a smart move and they escaped. Oh, fine, I'll accept that. But what I can accept is all of a sudden the saviors were completely mobilized, armed, and just ready to, like, kick major ass with numbers, too. Like, yeah. what, where did this all come from? Like, all of a sudden they completely had the upper hand, right? So what the hell? <laughs> no, yeah. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Mm-mm. And, um, you know, I, I've been thinking a bit about, like, when did it all go wrong? Like, when was the the, the jump the shark moment here? And I think I know when it was. You know, the easy answer for me would be, like, the death of Glenn, right? <laughs> but I don't think that's it. But for me, for me, that when that happened, it was it was a really tough moment for me. I know we I, we go back to one of the podcasts and you yeah. saying how like it's not the Walking Dead anymore. It's yeah, it's a, it's show. a different yeah. It, it became a different show, uh-huh. and I knew then that like oh this is really tough. It's not going to be the same show, but. I kind of hold to the fact that I don't think that was the jump the shark moment because um, th- when that season went on, season seven, I thought the show was still pretty good, engaging. I thought the writing was still pretty solid. I agree, yeah. Until the season finale of that season, the season finale of season seven, we saw like the showdown at Alexandria, right? Mm-hmm. And. There was a really silly moment where Negan is about to uh, Lucille Carl. Do you remember that? Like mm-hmm. Carl was like on his knees, and like Negan's winding up with Lucille, right? And he's just about to kill him. But then, like very coincidentally, at that very moment, all of Rick's friends show up, and then Shiva the tiger, yeah, like jumps across the screen, saving Carl essentially. Yeah, that yeah. was the jump the shark moment, I think, <laughs> because, well, it's kind of funny to think of it as the jump the tiger moment, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, jokes aside, like, I really think that was it, because that's when The Walking Dead, the show The Walking Dead became, like, 
kind of like fantasy land. Like, you know, like ever since that season finale, it's been so like ridiculous. It hasn't really held to any sort of logic and it just, it's, it's not, it's not real anymore. Mm -mm. Right. I mean, given it is a zombie world, but even then, like it's not, it doesn't feel like a zombie show anymore. Like there's not, it's not about the walkers. It's like, I don't know. It just feels out of place. Like you, you just keep saying. It's, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, one last point. So you talked about the trash people. That is goes right along with what I'm saying. Like that group. I think they're called the Scavengers. Um, they the way they talk is like, it's it's weird, right? They 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 seem like they're from, from like outer space or something, right? And um, the, the, for me, a big appeal of The Walking Dead for like, you know, about six seasons was that the feeling was like if a zombie apocalypse really happened, this is how it would go down. And the way the, the characters on the show react and behave is kind of a reflection of how we as a society would behave in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Until recently, I think you know. Yeah, exactly. At the, after that, jump the tiger moment, whatever you want to call it, like the, the the show has completely been like not in touch with reality. It, it's been like fantasy land, like I've been saying. And and again with the scavengers, like who are these people? Like the, these scavengers, like they have this weird way of speaking and, and a weird way of interacting with people. Um, maybe in like the far future, like, you know, a thousand years later, like human society may be like that, but you know, this is like the near future, right? So, uh, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's not harp on it, but (laughs) that is, that's hilarious because I had no idea you were sharing these feelings and, (laughs) and I think we're right on the same wavelength with this. So, um, what, what do you think? Uh, one last, one last little thing on Walking Dead. Do you think? Are you uh, gonna finish the season and maybe see if you want to continue th- on from there, or are you like I'm just gonna just keep watching indefinitely, or are you thinking maybe I'll just stop right now? Like, what are your thoughts? No, I think uh, right now at the moment I'm just kind of like I'll finish the season, see how it goes. And depending on, like, how good the rest of the season is, I'll decide whether or not to actually finish watching the show until it gets, yeah. until it gets canceled. <laughs> and then I'll binge watch the rest if it gets any better. But right now it's just looking like I'm going to just finish the season and just kind of, like, part ways after that. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> man. it gets better. Yeah. Like, uh, this is, this is – uh... It's a little mind-blowing how, like, in step we are because I'm kind of thinking that same thing. Like, after I watched this past episode, the mid-season finale, I was I was doing a little, like, soul-searching. It's like, <laughs> do I want to really – do I really want to continue this show? And, and like, uh, it's funny. I have, um, I have a, an IMDb account, and I have these lists there. Mm-hmm. You can create lists. Uh, if you have an IMDb account, and um, I have a list, I have a list of, um, like you know, a watch list. Like, what movies do I want to watch upcoming, or you know, past movies too. Um, but I also have like 
uh, a TV shows list. Like the, my current TV shows. Here, here are my shows, right? This is hilarious. I actually had Walking Dead on it uh-huh. after this past episode. I removed it. Oh. I was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> and I thought about it more, and I'm like, I don't know. I did watch the the Talking Dead mm-hmm. uh, for that mid season finale, and that kind of brought me back into it a little bit. I'm like, okay, wait, maybe not yet. I I did put it back on my IMDb <laughs> TV list, uh-huh. so currently it's still there, but it's uh, it's it's hanging on a thread, barely there. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, when I get through this season if i get through this season that'll be the fate that might that might be it it might be uh, you know I'll, i'll definitely think about it uh but it's yeah it's hanging on a thread for sure sad to say you know i think i think we're both in agreement that the show was was really great for quite some time right mm-hmm. yeah okay wow all right um so why don't we take a break from our big list before moving on to movies, there's something I kind of forgot about. Like I, um, I kind of tapped my coworkers, my fellow comic geeks, and just sort of threw out um, a little questionnaire about uh, you know kind of what we've been talking about. Like, what are your favorite comics, TV shows, and, and movies of this year? Um, and I just wanted to call that out. So, my coworker Joe. He called out Mr. Miracle. Have you read this one? The For comics? Yeah, it's no. a comic. Uh-uh. Yeah, I haven't read it either, but it's a DC comic. And um, he highly recommends. And I was actually at Cape and Cowell Comics today, and I just sort of flipped through it. And um, I can say, for one, that the art is super cool. It's kind of abstract, and uh, it looks pretty awesome. So there's a comics pick. And the man known as Rainier, he uh, sent in a TV pick. There's a show called The Secret History of Comics. Uh, have you seen this at all? I know they've been advertising it during Walking Dead. Which show? Uh, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics. I think I've heard of it, but I haven't like checked up on it. Yeah, I have uh, seen it. I've seen the whole season. There's six episodes, and it's great. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, about uh, the history of comics okay, in there. So. I'll check that one now. Uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. And then in terms of movies, um, I kind of did a different thing where I just kind of sent out a movie poll. Um, uh-huh. I didn't want to put too many movies in there, um, but I put the, uh, the kind of the top rated superhero movies of the year. So c- kind of the top of the Rotten Tomatoes score superhero movies of 2017. So those were... Wonder Woman, Logan, Thor Ragnarok, and Spider-Man Homecoming. And it was a pretty small sample size, but the winner of this little poll was Logan. Kind of surprising, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, again, it was a small sample size, uh, but I, I definitely was a bit uh, surprised there. Uh, with that poll, there was a comment made about Wonder Woman, and it was a really good comment, so I did want to call it out here. Gina writes, I think Wonder Woman is notable among the four for being a game changer. The DCEU now has to work around the success of her film. 
as the rushed changes to Justice League seem to hint at. And Marvel has no answer to Wonder Woman right now, even though they have had over 10 years to produce their own women-led movie. They are actually behind the DCEU on this measure, even though for a long time Marvel fans gloated at how good Marvel was at diversity. So it was a good comment, you know. It's a kind of it's a jab at Marvel, no no question. No doubt. And uh, it's but it's valid, you know. Like Marvel, uh, the MCU has been around for so long, and they've been so successful, and there haven't been any uh, female-led movies. So it's it's good good to point out. Um, also, a good segue to our best movies because uh, Wonder Woman is on one of our lists right yeah 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 yeah. for me as a marvel fan it's really hard to admit but wonder woman was my favorite comic book movie of the year just because not only did it have a really good okay well the storyline was good up till the aries fight fight scene i felt like that was a little bit too more a little bit more fantasy than what i wanted but yeah it's a comic book movie what else can i ask for (laughs) um yeah but it was not not only were like the visuals and the characters good, but its impact outside the screen, how it really influenced women and gave a lot of empowerment and just kinda like I feel like Wonder Woman really united both DC and Marvel fans for a little second. Right, right. Which was I don't think that's something like that hasn't really happened with any other Marvel movie, <laughs> maybe Avengers, but every other movie like you have DC fans or Marvel fans kind of like nicking, nitpicking about the other one's company and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Wonder Woman really kind of united the two fan bases together. Yeah, that's a good point. Like when Wonder Woman came out, it was really beloved by everyone. Really, yeah. And you're right, there was this moment where, you know, everyone just sort of um, settled their differences <laughs> and came together and, and really just enjoyed this movie altogether, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was kind of nice. And then uh, we, uh, we click- quickly went back to our sides and went to war with, uh, you know, Thor versus Justice League and et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for a brief moment, it was very kumbaya and... Everyone was happy together, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could definitely see how, like, people's, like... Because Logan definitely comes out of the close number two. Just cause oh, yeah? It's like a end of an era kind of feeling. Like, how Avengers 3 is going to be, like, for us next year <laughs> when it comes out. Because Logan, like, was... You have Wonder... Or not Wonder Woman. Wolverine starting from, like, the beginning of this before comic book movies were like a trend like with yeah. x-men back in 2000 2001 and just being able to stay in character for this long like 17 years it's just like you see this actor only as this character and stuff it's hard to replace him with anyone else and so once it's like became the the final movie it's kind of like oh man that's bittersweet yeah yeah definitely and not only that, but there was a lot of cool action scenes, like a lot of cool violent Wolverine tearing up yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And it was totally like the Wolverine 
we've all been waiting to see yeah right yeah that was really nice to see cool okay so um okay my top pick my top movie of 2017 so for the last few years my favorite movie has not been a comic book related movie for both uh, 2016 and 2015 so this year you know, we've talked about this a lot. There have been a lot of great comic book-related movies. You know, uh, you just mentioned two great ones, Wonder Woman and Logan. I think the MCU had a really strong showing as well with uh-huh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, with Spider-Man Homecoming, and with Thor Ragnarok. But once again, my favorite movie of the year is not a comic book movie. Which one? What is Shocking! It? So my top movie of the year is Baby Driver. Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? I haven't because I, okay. I don't see the hype between it, <laughs> behind it. Well, for me, uh, not only is it my favorite movie of the year, but it was also highly anticipated because I'm a huge fan of the director, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah. I love his stuff. And um, Baby Driver is it's a masterpiece. I love it. And um, I love it for many different reasons and i think this is appropriate for a comics podcast because one of the reasons is this movie was made pretty much due to him getting fired from marvel studios edgar yeah he was slated to write and direct the ant-man movie yeah i remember that yeah yeah uh so but there were like a lot of like, like backstage problems, right, between the executives and. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there, there, there were all these issues going on behind the scenes, and I don't know the extent of it, and I don't know if we'll ever get the full story of what exactly happened there. But mm-hmm. I think it's pretty apparent that um, there were creative issues, and that he was essentially fired from that movie, and that. Baby Driver probably would not have happened had he not been fired. Like, Baby Driver basically happened because he was fired from Ant-Man. So it just made it that much more satisfying to me because I feel like he was really wronged. Like, it was... It, it was it was really it was really bad of Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios to fire him, and it was kind of like redemption for me to see him sort of bounce back from from that that really tough blow of getting fired mm-hmm. and turning around and making this masterpiece of a movie, which which yes I think was better than any MCU movie that came out this year, and it's my favorite movie of the year. Damn, I you know. <laughs> For me, Baby Driver just it looked like a ripoff of Kingsman. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I don't know. I I didn't see the hype between behind Baby Driver. Yeah, well, um, here's here's the cool thing about Edgar Wright movies is that his movies seem quite familiar. Like he plays upon um, familiar territory, like genre tropes. Uh-huh. You know, he did Shaun of the Dead, which, like, oh, that just looks like some zombie movie. Yeah. It's not. And then, you know, uh, Hot Fuzz, which seems like, oh, that's just like a cop movie. That looks like Beverly Hills Cop or Lethal Weapon or something. It's not. 
And similarly, Baby Driver seems like, okay, this might be your typical heist movie or your typical um, car chase movie, like a Fast and the Furious or something. It's completely not that. And it's completely original. And like for him to do what he did, like he, he really just kind of got his shit together. Like um, it's amazing what he, he did. Like after what the MCU did to him, I, I think it's phenomenal. And um, you know, you know me. Yeah. I'm a Marvel's super diehard, right? <laughs> and um, I, that's not to say that like, I, I love everything that the MCU does and has done. And one thing, if there's a, any criticism of Marvel Studios is that they do, uh, they have a history of kind of stifling creative filmmakers. You know, I think Joss Whedon and John Favreau fell victim, v- fell victim to, to that stifling, notably in Iron Man 2 and Avengers 2. And yes, uh, most notably, uh, Edgar Wright with Ant-Man. Um, so I, I think it's just such a triumph that he was able to make such a great movie pretty much as a result of, of that, you know, tragic loss. I mean, I was I was really devastated when I heard that news. And, yeah. and, and it, it has, it's been a long time since hearing the news of his firing and then to the release of Baby Driver, and I couldn't be happier with, with the results. Good. Okay, yeah. All right, so um, let's get to um, our worst movies. Do you have a worst movie of 2017? Um, right now, off the top of my head, I don't have, I think, like a worst, worst movie, but a disappointment movie would be um, Atomic Blonde. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Have okay. You, have you seen it? I have. Like, I, I, like... <laughs> going back again like on that wonder woman talk how like oh yeah it's really empowering seeing a woman on screen yeah i kind of saw that in atomic blonde like seeing um what's her name the the main actress oh uh charlize theron yeah charlize theron um kick ass and everything but it just felt really slow and i just couldn't get into it and stuff um Mm -hmm. was it the worst movie no but it it was kind of a big letdown for me. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, like I think kind of what you're alluding to is that like after Wonder Woman, you were sort of fired up to see like female action heroes, yeah. right? And this was very different and like kind of a letdown, I guess. Yeah, yeah. not not only like that whole like I think it was just the storyline was just slow. Um, I didn't really see the direction of the movie or where it was going. And, yeah, it was just kind of a big letdown. I think mm-hmm. I'd rather even go see Justice League than, <laughs> okay. than that movie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw it and I, I did enjoy it. Um, but it is, yeah, it's it's different. It's it's a very different kind of movie. And um, I, could, I can understand it being, I don't know, somewhat inaccessible in, in certain ways. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Okay. What's uh, your biggest letdown? So um, it's funny you mentioned, or it's funny that you worded it that way, a letdown. Because for me, like, I can't think of a movie I saw that was like, just like, oh, that was 100% garbage, uh-huh. you know. Um, you mentioned uh, Justice League, how you would rather see Justice League than <laughs> Atomic Blonde. Like, 
Um, I I did see Justice League, and I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, but I wouldn't say that I hated it. And it's not my worst movie of 2017. That goes to Ghost in the Shell. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Cause okay. I, yeah, same, I, like stuff I wouldn't even say, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really have a say in it. But yeah. um, I wouldn't see it, though, still. And I don't recommend you see it <laughs> because it's bad. <laughs> um, so it's bad. Um but more than that, it was a letdown, kind of like we've, what we've been saying. Um, for some reason, I was uh, was looking forward to this movie, and we talked about this before. In fact, we had this same type of episode about a year ago where we recapped 2016. Uh-huh. And um, not only did we recap 2016, but we did kind of this looking ahead to uh, what we're looking forward to yeah. in 2017. and. Ghost in the Shell was Wait, one of the movies uh-huh. I was looking forward to, you know, inexplicably. <laughs> because, you know, I did go to see it on opening weekend, and um, it's a train wreck, man. It's just really bad. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I, I guess I was kind of suckered in from the trailer because uh, the trailer does feature some pretty eye-catching visuals. It does. I'll, yeah. I'll admit, yeah. And the movie um, is visually interesting, I guess, but it really goes to show that, like, even if a movie looks good, like, that can only go so far, right? Like, the, the I, I remember the first few minutes of the movie, and it, it kind of takes you into this, this cyberpunk world, and it's it was kind of exciting in the very beginning like whoa this is like eye candy right um but you know as the movie went along like there was really no characters i care no characters i cared about and the story was just kind of a dud and um yeah movies can't rely on visuals alone this is like maybe the best example of it where it's really beautiful at the beginning and then just like literally like a few minutes in I'm like, well, now what? Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. What, what, like, like, this is doing nothing for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And just the rest of the movie was just like kind of like a, sh- a slog to get through. And uh-huh. it's just, yeah, it, was, it was boring. And, and it was kind of racist, too. <laughs> like, I don't even need to go there. But it was all, like, I don't, the, the, the whole whitewashing of the main character with Scarlett Johansson. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of talking and thinking about that so i'm not even going to mention that even that aside it's just a lame movie worst of the year uh-huh. done no sorry going back to that like not, never i remembering the list of movies i was looking forward to in our last year's podcast of yeah 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 look that we look forward to in 2016 yeah one of them i was looking forward to that was also a legend was um alien covenant oh okay i saw that one you didn't um, like it huh I did not like it. I okay. just think there weren't there weren't enough like xenomorphs in it. Um, um, Ridley Scott, I think, has lost his touch with movies. I really mm-hmm. haven't enjoyed his last movies. Yeah. Um, but this whole, I had no idea what direction they were gonna go in with Alien Covenant. I am tired of the storyline they're trying to continue from Prometheus about like how 
there's um, that robot who wants to take over mankind or something yeah. like that. Like, I'm yeah. just like, where are the xenomorphs kicking ass? Like, <laughs> where's the original alien, like, atmosphere, you know, feeling? I don't know. That's my take. It was just a big letdown for me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I saw that and I, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm curious, are you a fan of the Alien franchise? I am, yeah. You are? Okay. So you like the original Alien and Aliens? And alien, aliens was phenomenal. Yeah. What about like the third and fourth ones? The fourth one was good. The third one, I wouldn't praise it. I mean, I still watch it, but mm-hmm. I won't praise it. Okay. Um, and you didn't like Prometheus either, I didn't right? I like Prometheus, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm into it. I'm not I'm I'm by no means an alien diehard, um, but yeah, I, I had fun with those movies. I guess uh-huh. I kind of see where you're coming from, though. I, I suppose, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the movies you brought up are female led, like Alien Covenant, Wonder Woman, Atomic Blonde, and Ghost in the Shell, all had female leads, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, and this kind of goes back to what we've been talking about, like um, diverse casting, diverse characters. Um, that's great, but that alone doesn't make a movie or a show or a comic no. great, right? It has to have a good story. I though. mean, look at your opinion. I mean, you loved Wonder Woman, but you're like big thumbs down for Atomic Blonde, uh-huh. for Alien Covenant. And I'm giving a a big thumbs down for Ghost in the Shell, right? So, you know, like exactly like we've been saying, like just because something is diverse, there's an underrepresented community, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Right? So um, from from my perspective, even more reason to like keep giving us this stuff because it's not all going to be good. So like keep it coming, you know? Um, And... uh, so everyone gets a fair shake you know like if if diverse content is is very minimal and you only get a little bit it puts a lot of pressure on on the little that does come out right Mm -hmm. you know look at this black panther movie coming out like it looks great but there's so much pressure on it you know like this is like it's gonna be this big litmus test right it's it's definitely like i can tell already there's so much writing on it because people are are going to be like, if this fails, then like the the big studios aren't going to ever want to release like a, a diversity in uh, in big budget movies. You know, yeah. like um, that's why it was really great going back to Wonder Woman that that was a great flick and huge box office success. Yeah. Right. So such a triumph on, on many levels. Um and yeah, looking back, th- there was pressure, you know. Like, we don't we don't get these chances that often, right? So mm-hmm. uh, there's pressure, and I wish it wasn't like that. You know, it seems like things are getting better. Like we've been talking, like there's all these female-led movies. Uh, things are getting better, but um, yeah, I think it'd be great where when we reach a point where like there isn't that pressure. There's like okay, there's there's like a whole bunch of of black superhero movies coming out so we don't have to have all this pressure on one right yeah yeah, yeah. so that would be nice yeah uh-huh. so exactly one day right <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Okay. Um, so we're getting close to wrap-up time, but I think we can't finish without saying a few words about Star Wars, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so we're, we are really close to uh, Episode 8's release, and... Um, yeah, like how are you feeling right now? What what are your what's your anticipation for this film? I am like beyond ecstatic. Like I'm already <laughs> like counting down like the hours until I'm able to watch it. So you're like ready for this? Uh, like I've been ready since <laughs> last week. Like last week I just started rewatching all the Star Wars. Okay, I want to say all of them because I haven't finished them. But I've seen like I watched the the prequels. Uh huh. Episode seven and Rogue One. Okay. I still have to get back into the originals, but <laughs> I'm just like getting back on that um, Star Wars hype. Well, you even watched the prequels, huh? Uh huh. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, um, wow. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I, I myself, I'm not like maybe I'm just like trying to stay calm and collected, but I'm not like super super hyped about this. Um, for me, it's like at this point, like I kind of know there's going to be a new Star Wars movie like every year. Mm-hmm. So like I just remember back when Episode Seven was coming out, like everyone was going bananas, right? Like. This is like the first movie, the first Star Wars movie in like ages, right? Um, and the anticipation was through the roof. And then last year was really exciting too with Rogue One coming out. Um, again, like I wasn't really used to getting Star Wars movies on the regular. Yeah. And this was like a whole new thing. This wasn't an episode. So like I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And um, it turned out really great, you know. Um, Now, this year, sort of like, I'm already like kind of, okay, yep, you know, another year, another Star Wars movie. And I'm not like, I'm not like super, super stoked. Um, That said, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I'm really curious to see, you know, what what lies ahead with episode eight. Uh, Like, there's like so many questions I have and everything, like, what they're gonna do with Layla's character? Um, yeah. What's gonna happen with Ray? And I feel I I I think just because it's episode eight and not the end episode, like a lot of my questions aren't gonna be answered. I'm gonna have to wait another two years for <laughs> them to see what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure there's gonna be some open-ended stuff. Yeah. Right. But nevertheless, I still feel like. You know, like how I felt with every Marvel movie, like this is just another movie I could just enjoy and watch and be excited for and have fun with. Do you think now that, you know, we're talking about like best movies of the year. Do you think like in retrospects, like, wait a minute, like episode eight might might make it onto your like best of the year list? No, I think it's like what you said. It's like I'm already used to like having a Star Wars film every year. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like. Oh, cool! Another Star Wars film. That's not. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna make like, be like my top movie of the year. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't anticipate that either. So you know, I, I think um, I'm expecting to enjoy it. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe I'm looking forward to most is seeing uh, a lot more of Luke Skywalker. You know, in Episode Seven, we just got a glimpse of him. Mm-hmm. You know, so. 
uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what Mark Hamill brings to uh, to this character that I've loved my entire life. You know, right. yeah, yeah. He's been absent for the Star Wars universe for a long, long time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Luke back in action. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, and with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from. Henry and Perfirio.